a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Final segment of today's episode. In just a moment, we're going to listen in on what Justice Sam Alito had to say just last week. He talked about the restrictions that have been put in place uh, on both individual and religious liberties during the course of this pandemic and some of the things he uh, feels we ought to see in the aftermath, in the wake of, once the pandemic is behind us. Before we get there, though, I need to give you a bit of a heads up. There is a, what do we call this? A virtual statement coming at 3.30 today. I just moments ago got an email from the campaign of uh, Congressman Ben McAdams. Uh, the the alert reads that a, a media advisory uh, and that McAdams is to give a virtual statement on the 4th District election. Uh, we'll hold a virtual news conference today at 3.30 p.m., <clears throat> All right, and then it has the, the Zoom details to connect. So at 3.30, Congressman Ben McAdams is going to make a virtual statement of some sort. Now, quick refresher, or put your hands up. Who knows why this might be relevant? Yeah, he's in the middle of a race to secure his seat in Congress, and as the results have poured in, in particular from Utah and Salt Lake County, it is, as every day ticks by, looking more and more likely that Burgess Owens his challenger, the Republican, will be the next representative from Utah's 4th Congressional District. Could this virtual statement be a concession? I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. But uh, something is coming, and it's coming at 3.30, and you can learn about it all here on KSL News Radio. About a half hour, 35 minutes or so from right now. All right. Uh, in the last five minutes, I want to share this with you. I don't have time to get through all of it, but it caught my attention, and I wanted you to hear this. It comes from uh, Justice Sam Alito. He was speaking at the before the Federalist Society uh, on Thursday of last week, and he talked about uh, some of the things that have come as a result of this coronavirus pandemic, which have resulted in, as he puts it, unimaginable restrictions on individual liberty. Justice Alito says, quote, we have never before seen restrictions as severe, extensive and prolonged as those experienced for most of 2020. Now, he does go on to say that he is not saying that necessarily there should be you know, criticism leveled at the policies put in place. But what he calls a constitutional stress test really ought to be examined. He makes it clear he's a judge, not a policymaker and didn't want uh, his words and doesn't want the words I'm about to share with you uh, to be misconstrued as criticism or anything, but merely uh, a judicial observation made about the liberties and freedoms that we are or aren't able to enjoy right now. Here uh, is, in his own words, Justice Alito from the Federalist Society of last week. The pandemic has obviously taken a heavy human toll. Thousands dead, many more hospitalized, 
millions unemployed, the dreams of many small business owners dashed. But what has it meant for the rule of law? I'm now going to say something that I hope will not be twisted or misunderstood, but I have spent more than 20 years in Washington, so I'm not overly optimistic. In any event, here goes. The pandemic has resulted in previously unimaginable restrictions on individual liberty. He goes on, and you heard me explain uh, that he is not necessarily leveling criticism at the policies in place, but merely making an observation. He goes on here for the next 90 seconds or so, just as Alito does, uh, describing much of what he is not saying. Now, notice what I am not saying or even implying. I am not diminishing the severity of the virus's threat to public health. And putting aside what I will say shortly about a few Supreme Court cases, I'm not saying anything about the legality of COVID restrictions, nor am I saying anything about whether any of these restrictions represent good public policy. I'm a judge, not a policymaker. All that I'm saying is this, and I think it is an indisputable statement of fact. We have never before seen restrictions as severe, extensive, and prolonged as those experienced for most of 2020. All right. So then he continues and he touches on a topic that you and I have discussed a number of times here on the program. You have heard uh, members of Utah's federal delegation speak strongly about executive power and the ability for a president to issue executive orders. He talks here about those executive powers and not wanting to see the broad powers continue if, if they infringe on individual rights. Laws giving an official so much discretion can, of course, be abused. And whatever one may think about the COVID restrictions, we surely don't want them to become a recurring feature after the pandemic has passed. All sorts of things can be called an emergency or disaster of major proportions. Simply slapping on that label cannot provide the ground for abrogating our most fundamental rights. And whenever fundamental rights are restricted, the Supreme Court and other courts cannot close their eyes. The events of 2020 will be studied forever, not just here in this country, but across the globe. We will look at epidemiological findings. We will look at medical and scientific findings that have presented themselves, things that we have experienced this year and never before in history. There will be economists that pour over the movement in the markets and jobs numbers and all of the money that has been impacted and the movement of money that has been impacted by this. And so, too, will scholars examine the fundamental nature of liberty and what it means and how the certain powers, some of them executive, some of them legislative, some of them, uh, you know, reaching all the way down into the the community level, uh, county councils, how those powers have been able to be exercised in the fundamental limiting of individual liberties in the name of protecting against the spread of this virus. I'm not here to weigh in on whether or not those are appropriate or inappropriate, uh, as the as the judge made clear himself. I bring them up to point out that there is a hearty look we need to take on what has happened this past year, and we can do so soon once the pandemic is behind us. Jeff Kaplan's afternoon news is next here on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon, but violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought. There are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. 
The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.